Hey there, lovebirds. Happy Wedding Wednesday, and welcome to Your I Do Crew, a wedding planning podcast. Each week, Atan and Lindsay bring over 30 years of industry experience to the table with insight and interviews from local and national wedding pros to give you the best tips, tricks, and hacks that will take the stress out of your wedding planning process and help elevate your special day. So grab something old and something new. It's time to listen to your, your I, I Do, do Crew. March 1st kicked off the official wedding planning season. So we're out of engagement season, we're into wedding planning season. So there's probably a lot of couples who are newly engaged who are meeting with new vendors to plan their wedding, right? Yep. Now, Linz, when couples come to meet with you, do you have to do a lot of education? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes they've got, you know, different questions that they ask and different things that I have to explain to them. All, it happens quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And what I find when I'm meeting with couples, I mean, well, you know, really often it's the first time either of them have been married. A lot of times when they come to meet with me and I say, hey, it's great to meet you. Great to sit down with you. I'm a ton. What questions do you have for me? And I get yeah. these blank looks back. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know sometimes people just don't know what to even ask. Right. Yeah. And I feel so bad because I, I always say, you know, obviously I can give you my whole spiel. I can tell you about how we work together, so on and so forth. But I always want to make sure that I answer any questions that you have. And they, you know, the deer in the headlights look sometimes mm-hmm. is just so, you know, my, my heart goes out to them. Yes. <laughs> because they just don't know what to ask. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to kind of give couples a, a list of questions that you can take to any and every wedding vendor to make sure that you're getting at least your basics covered. Yeah, we the list that we have, it, it is more of a general list. So we can kind mm-hmm. of dive into those if, if anybody has any questions after they listen. But um, yeah, like Atan said, it's, it's a list that you can just take to anyone and ask them those questions. Absolutely. It's the, it's the universal wedding planning question list. Mm-hmm. And, and part of it is to help you also flesh out whether this vendor is somebody that you want to work with. And as we yeah. go through the list, you'll notice that if they don't have a good answer to the question, maybe it's a little red flag. Yeah, these are definitely questions that if somebody's actually um, been in the industry for a while, they should easily be able to answer and hopefully for <laughs> with, with the right answer too. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Hopefully easily. <laughs> Knock on wood, cross your fingers. Yes. So the first one, and this is a question that I get probably about half the time. I don't know how often you get it, Lindsay, but the question is, will my deposit or my retainer count towards the final cost of the services? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that quite a bit as well. Mm-hmm. And this should be a frequent question you should be asking all of your vendors because it doesn't always do that for depending upon what the vendor's classification is or if it's mm-hmm. a small retainer, sometimes it's just to hold the date and then the full cost comes later. Uh, personally, for for my business and for my team, we require 25% down, but that does count towards the final cost of our officiating service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just want to make sure um, to know if it's a booking fee or if it is mm-hmm. actually going towards your bill for everything. Exactly. And the language may tell you that. Like you said, it might be a booking fee. It might de- be called a deposit, might mm-hmm. be called a retainer. So whatever that is, make sure that you're kind of pulling that apart and picking that apart and saying, okay, first off, I mean, the big thing is how much is it? Right. 
you know, that's, that's important, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely need to know that. <laughs> right. And then is it a separate charge or does it go towards the total cost? And most often, it'll usually be if it's a percentage of the total services, it should go towards the total services. Mm-hmm. Whereas oftentimes, if it's a, um, if it's just a spelled out dollar amount, it may be just a booking fee. Mm-hmm. But also, if they're not requiring a deposit, you should ask why. Yes, that to me would be a pretty big red flag. <laughs> Absolutely. And if it's something like a close friend, I could understand, but even still, if you should reserving, still take something. Exactly. They should still take something because if you're reserving that date from them, that's money out of their pocket if you were to cancel. And that's the mm-hmm. biggest reason that professionals take those retainers, those deposits, because we're taking that date off the table for other couples. And so if you end up canceling two months beforehand, we may or may not be able to book another wedding for that date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, I feel like it shows that both parties are serious on both ends too. You're like, okay, I want to book you, you know, mm-hmm. here's some money. And at the same time, yeah, we're committing and we're saying, okay, now we are not available for, you know, that, that specific time or that date or, you know, however people book, however many weddings they take in the day. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just, it's showing that, that just mutual, like, okay, like you want me. Okay. Like I, you know, I will gladly do that for you. Like it, it's, it's definitely something that you want your vendor to do for you. Absolutely. And some vendors will even have verbiage in there. Whereas if you do cancel and if they manage to rebook your date, you might get your deposit back. Sometimes it's totally non-refundable. So it does depend on, on what type of business the vendor is, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, they're should be money down and mm-hmm. <laughs> and you should ask if it's going to go towards the total cost. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And speaking of if the wedding is canceled and getting money back and things like that, that brings us to another big question that you should ask your vendor is what happens if the vendor is unable to fulfill the services? So mm-hmm. if for me, I said, what happens if, you know, I get deathly sick and can't officiate a wedding? Or for you, you know, what happens if you're laid out and can't photograph a wedding? Mm-hmm. And so the couple should have a, an answer to that question. For me, thankfully, I have a team of officiants and I'm able to send someone in my stead with the pre-written ceremony so they can still do it. You know, it won't be my smiling face up there, but at least they'll have a personal ceremony and they'll legally be married. Yeah, that's exactly what I tell them too. I I have a team of eight and I always tell them, you know, in most 90% of occasions, I feel like 95, Mm -hmm. um, there's always two of us. So whoever is the second person would become the the lead photographer. um, And then I can reach out to those other people as well. And I can always, I have my husband, he's trained as well in, you know, emergency situations and, Mm -hmm. um, I'm part of, it's called Professional Photographers of America, um, specifically mm-hmm. Professional Photographers of Ohio. And um, that allows, like, if something were to happen to me, they can actually reach out to, like, that whole, like, sphere of, like, registered photographers there as well. So it's it's really, like, a good um, just community of people to be mm-hmm. able to reach out to. Absolutely. And them having that knowledge is so important so that, mm-hmm. again, God forbid something happens and mm-hmm. you have to make that switch, which would generally be very late in the game, mm-hmm. that they're not freaking out thinking that they're not going to have, you know, whatever it might be, a photographer, a DJ, an officiant, whatever, or whoever that service might be. And I'm, I'm trying to think, I don't know if this would apply so much for a venue, 
but most most person-based services, this is something that would apply very clearly. Venue, I could see um, if they have some kind of um, manager, coordinator, somebody that's, that they've kind of had as their mm. main point of contact, I guess, mm-hmm. like who it would be passed down to so that they could always meet, you know, like the second in command for everything. I could see it for right. that potentially. Yeah. Or if there's a pandemic outbreak. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Too soon? Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Hashtag COVID-19. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, and <laughs> speaking of what happens if you're sick and would there be refunds and things like that, another thing to ask your vendor is, speaking of payments, when is the final payment due and can the couple make payments towards that final bill? Yes, definitely. Some people have, um, there's like one way to pay and, and that's it. Um, you know, with some people, they, you can be on a payment plan. I know I do that. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, basically like for me, they can either do four payment. I do a thousand dollar retainer. And then after Mm -hmm. that, they can either do four payments. Um, they can, if their wedding is more than a year out, they can do 12 if they want to, or they can log into like my client portal whenever they want, um, and, and finish all their payments, but everything's just due 30 days before. So sometimes they Mm want to go at their own pace. Sometimes they want it to be more structured. Right. Exactly. And we provide a lot of opportunities for our clients as well. Our couples, we have, you know, we accept probably honestly too many different forms of payment. Mm -hmm. uh, And we try to make it as easy as possible for them to make different payments. We require all all to be paid in full 14 days in advance. So two full weeks in advance of the wedding. Um, Mm -hmm. So interesting to know that you are 30 days out. Maybe I'll take a hint from you and move my day back (laughs) a little bit. But uh, and again, it's to make sure that one, I always say it, it drives me crazy when I see vendors who are taking payment on the day of the wedding, because one, no couple wants to think about money on their wedding day. Right. It's about the celebration. It's about the ceremony. Well, I think it's about the ceremony. They might think it's about the reception, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's all about celebrating that commitment that they're making and the choice. And so who wants to be fiddling around with handing off envelopes full of cash or checks or anything like that? Right. Kind of in the same um, vein when we're thinking about can like can we make payments? Another thing you might want to ask them, this is like a bonus, um, is if they have like a fee, like a credit card fee or mm-hmm. something, because some of the vendors, you know, they're adding 3% on top of that unless you're doing right. like check or cash. So yeah, that's definitely something you want to know. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very important to ask that as well. So, mm-hmm. and, and if they're making payments, if it has to be structured in some way, like for you, it's the four payments, or mm-hmm. if it can be more free form and they can pay whenever, however. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some good some good bonus questions there. Can we make payments? Mm-hmm. How and then is there a credit card fee? Mm-hmm. Cool. And then speaking of paying for things, a lot of vendors offer different packages. And when couples book with a vendor, when they're asking the vendor about those, asking if there's an ability to customize the package or if it's simply cut and dry. This is what it is. This is how it goes. Or if you can do different a la carte things. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I know that we've had we each have sort of different tiers and different levels of service that we can provide. Um, And we've kind of worked and streamlined our businesses in those ways. Uh, And we've found, at least on my side, the officiating side, that we broadly have three tiers of service, but then we do a few a la carte services that may make more sense to, to add on or not add on. Yeah. Currently, like the time that this podcast is going out, I have, I have four packages. I have a six and eight, a 10 and a 12. Mm -hmm. Um, I always explain to people that 
they're they're bundled together so they're cheaper that way versus if you were to do them a la carte I have it all broken out a la carte as well um, but then people can choose like if they don't want six hours and they want seven instead or if they want nine and a half or you know they want to add album pages they're all they're able to to add to those collections to, mm -hmm. to customize them but they can't take anything away right yeah exactly exactly and that's how ours work as well if you mm -hmm want you know all of this and then to add that then it makes more sense to go maybe one package lower and then add on something yep. versus going with a higher package that may have things that you don't really want mm -hmm. definitely mm -hmm. and so asking that and again that can apply to every vendor whether it be a dj a florist a venue all of those again most professional wedding vendors are going to have those package deals and figuring out how those can be broken apart to really customize it to to your situation. Mm -hmm. This next one, I really, I really enjoy this one. And I, I love when I get this question because I love answering. it. I love talking about myself, <laughs> but asking the vendor, so what makes you our best option? Because that's going to make the vendor really take a step back and, and see if it's a good fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It can catch some people off guard. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And and that's the thing too, is that the first meeting usually with a vendor is uh, is a mutual interview back and forth to mm -hmm. see if everyone fits really well together. And so asking that can often, if someone is, and you know, I'm not trying to disparage anyone, but if they're coming across a little salesy, this can put them off of their, their sales spiel and really get them mm -hmm. thinking about, well, is this the best fit for you? Is this the best fit for your needs and what you want your wedding to be? Yes. And so I always like this one because, again, it gives me a chance to really talk up my team and talk up, you know, how we do things differently than other vendors of the same in the area. And again, that's something that a vendor should be able to tell you if they are professional and experienced and confident in what they're doing. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It, you know, it might take them a second to think about it, but it should, they should be able to answer that. <laughs> that right. should definitely be a question that they should be like, okay, here's why, you know, I am the best fit for you guys. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be, excuse me, and it doesn't have to be, why are you the best in the world? But right, exactly. <laughs> why are you the best fit for what we need? And yeah, if they can't answer that, then mm -hmm. that's again, one of those red flags where you're like, well, well, if you're not mm -hmm. the best fit for me, then maybe I should be looking for someone else. <laughs> And then another one, and this is, again, this is, this one's more of a, a red flag um, waving one. Ask your vendor what their liability coverage looks like because, yes, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh yeah. You want a vendor that is insured and has mm -hmm. everything that you can imagine as far as liability and just, ugh, yeah, you need that. That needs to be a must have. <laughs> And actually, around here, it's not really a thing, but um, in larger cities, it like at least for photographers specifically, I know, um, if you don't have like insurance and you go to certain venues, they are asking to see a document of your current insurance at the door and your photographer or your whatever other vendor could potentially just get turned away and have to leave. So that's definitely something that you want to make sure that whoever it is that, that they have it. Oh my gosh, I hadn't heard about that. That's, that mm -hmm. is fascinating. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not bad to know those amounts because they might want like a million, you know, mm -hmm. they, they just, they want to make sure that this person is going to take whatever they're doing seriously. And if something were to happen, that obviously, yeah, they have some insurance for that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's one that if they look at you like you've got, you know, three eyes or something, then you know run that. away. <laughs> <laughs> run far, run fast. Well, yeah. It, it speaks to that they don't approach this what they're doing professionally. If you're mm-hmm. if they're not having liability coverage, then well, really they're leaving themselves open to lawsuits. But they yeah. obviously haven't worked with, you know, to create a business plan or any of those things because those are all big check marks that they should have had in place. Yeah. I, then you're not treating your business like a business. And that's definitely mm-hmm. somebody you want to stay away from. Exactly. And, and I understand that everyone starts somewhere. And I can honestly say that for the first couple of weddings I did for my friends, no, at that point, I didn't have liability coverage yet. Mm-hmm. But by the time someone's putting themselves out there as a professional wedding, whatever, they should have that in place. Right. I feel like once you're actually, you know, it's it's different if you're doing it for friends and family and, and you're in this learning process. But yeah, once once there's really an exchange of money and it's it's somebody that you don't know, um, that that's definitely when somebody should be taking it very, very seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of doing things in a timely manner. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a good question, and this is one that I don't want people to take in the wrong way, but asking them how fast their response time is for communication. And the reason that this comes up is that I once had a couple who rated me very poorly on one of the wedding planning websites because they said I took a long time to respond to them. They would email me on a Saturday when I had a wedding or two, and then I wouldn't respond until Monday, and they would get cranky about a one-day lag time over email. Oh my gosh. That's what I thought. Um, (laughs) And so it's it's something to know going into it is that there needs to be the expectation both ways. And there Mm -hmm. might be multiple forms of communication. If it's a text or an email or a phone call, then saying, you know, we typically respond to X, Y, or Z within this amount of time. But please understand that on weekends, that's when we work. So we may not respond to all things. And even I know some vendors have autoresponders during the weekends that says, thanks for contacting us. We're at Mm -hmm. work. We'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. that, and that might be different. Like I said, for every vendor, that might be, they may have a different standard. It's really down to the individual and whether the couple feels that that's going to be reasonable for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you just have to keep in mind with, with weekends that, yeah, that, that is our time to work. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you think about when, when you're ready to hire us, the last thing that you want to probably see us do on your wedding day is be pulling out our phone to answer calls, you know, text people back, uh, write a bunch of emails, you know, can you imagine right. like marrying somebody and then like getting a call and being like, Oh, I'm really sorry. This is why I like couples. Like it's just, you, you have to, you have to consider when like, it might be your Monday through Friday job and you're writing on a Saturday, but like that's when we work. So mm-hmm. yeah, you definitely have to consider that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I generally tell my couples, if it's something simple, you know, we do have a text number that comes to my cell phone. You can text it to me and I try to respond mm-hmm. to text within 24 hours. I do my, mm-hmm. my, my level best, but you know, email, if it's something that's not super time pressing, send it to me via email. And we generally within about 48 hours, again, barring weekends, mm-hmm. we'll get back to that. And universally, most couples are fine with that when we establish that expectation up front. Yep. So, and that's the important thing. And then speaking of the weddings being on weekends and working on the weekends, a good question to ask your vendor is how many weddings do you take on either the weekend or on my wedding day? And then 
working with the vendor to, to discuss whether or not you, they'll take more than just yours or whether they have a team or, or any of those things and all those discussions around there. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, it, it's something you want to know. Exactly. It's something you want to know. And it may or may not be pertinent to you as a couple, especially for someone, well, I'm again, going to use myself as an example. I have had days where I have done four weddings and I leave myself mm-hmm. ample time between them, including travel and all of those things. Uh, I always bring up to mind 8, 18, 18. That day mm-hmm. I had four weddings. Well, one was at 8, 18 in the morning. One was at 8, 18 at night. And then the other two were in the middle of the day. So plenty of time. And even though I had four weddings, again, plenty of time between them. But right. sometimes couples want to make sure that their vendor can be fully focused on their day. And Lindsay, for somebody like you, who you have a 12-hour package, that's your whole day. That is my whole day. Yeah. Right. And with some place like a venue, you want to see how many they're going to take because are you the only wedding that they're going to do? Are there going to be six other couples that are walking around the grounds that day? Because mm-hmm. Now it's all jam-packed. It's something that you definitely want to ask them. Absolutely. And and we do have a few venues around here that can accommodate multiple weddings at a time mm-hmm. and really not have people bumping into each other, which is always impressive to me. Yeah. I still think it's worth knowing because you just, you know, if you need to have extra signage for for your specific guests so they know where to go or, um, yes. you know, just different things where, where I think it's like you want to just be like, hey, we're in this room, so... Don't mm-hmm. like go crash another wedding and then you realize like halfway <laughs> through it's not your couple that you're supposed to be there for or something. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's the whole key to all of this is that it's not very few of these are are judgmenty type questions. It's more just about right. having that knowledge to say, oh, does this feel like a good fit for me or not? Mm-hmm. And then my favorite one to kind of wrap this all up is the blanket question, what didn't we know enough to ask? Mm-hmm. I love that one. I, I frequently use that one when I'm talking to people with a situation that I'm unfamiliar with because, again, if this is your first wedding, you are learning all of this all at once and you're drinking from the fire hose of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And especially, this is a, a general list of questions, but for every different vendor type, there are going to be really specific nitty-gritty things that you ought to ask them and you may not know what those are. And so... Asking that question of your vendor is going to give them a chance to, one, show you that they're an expert because yep. they'll know what you didn't ask, what's important to talk about. And two, it again, it just informs you more about what is going on with the process. Yeah, I feel like, you know, people are always like, you know, what makes you my best option? But then I love it when, when couples ask that too, like, what didn't they know enough? Because like you said, it's like, I feel like I can, you know, I can flex that like expertise, like I'm an expert, like I can, I can give you all of this, like, you know, wedding information. Like for me, when people ask that, I always talk about like backup here, um, how I'm backing up their, their wedding photos, different things like that. And, and I feel like that too sets me apart a little bit. So I, I really love it when people ask me this one. Yeah. So those are the, the nine questions to ask every wedding vendor. And again, we're going to have, if you're listening to this on the podcast right now, we're actually going to include those in the, the show notes. So you can go in there, copy them down, and then paste them into your planner or print them out and take them to every meeting that you have. Heck yeah, you should. <laughs> you should. You, you Please do. Please. Uh, you really should. Yep. For your sake. <laughs> For your sake and your vendor's sake. <laughs> 
And that's this week's episode. Thank you again for listening. We are so glad that you choose to spend your time with us. Remember, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 a month by going to patreon.com slash crew or leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast network. And make sure that you subscribe to make sure that you don't miss a single episode filled with great stories and wedding tips. So stay tuned for all that and more on next week's episode of Your I Do Crew. This is Atan, owner and chief officiant of Weddings for the Ages. You can find us on The Knot, Wedding Wire, Facebook, and Instagram as Weddings for the Ages. And this is Lindsay Roselle with Lucky Bird Photography. You can find me on Wedding Wire, The Knot, and you can also find me on social media using at Lucky Bird Photo. If you liked what you heard today, help us spread the love. Comment, like, rate, and review on iTunes and Google Play and share on your favorite social media platforms. We love feedback. So if you have any suggestions or if you want to ask us a question, email us at feedback at youridocrew.com. Thanks for listening, and here's to love, laughter, and happily ever after. Cheers. Cheers. I want to get, I want to get, I want to get married. Music credits are as follows. Song title, I Want to Get Married, by artist D. Cylinders, from the Free Music Archive. Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international.